0: This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at
1: dts.edu slash the table. You're listening to episode 67.
2: Happy Father's Day!
1: Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel,
2: and I'm Christina.
1: Well, today we're going to be doing a special Father's Day episode.
2: Yes, I'm really excited about this because we are doing an interview with Justin Bat. He is the author of Daddy Saturday,
1: and his aim, and this is kind of his life mission, it's to disrupt fatherhood with intentionality. Uh, by creating intentional fathers who raise good kids who become great adults. He founded this organization called Daddy Saturday in his backyard with four kids. And it's grown into this national movement that, that really is a lot of fun activities that he's done. These epic moments that he's created with his kids that don't aren't necessarily expensive or extravagant. Right. Uh, but it's it's something where he's really just trying to encourage fathers to be intentional with their kids. So as I was reading his book, it was just such a, um, it, was, it was very practical. And I was like, man, I, I could do this. I could do this. So we just wanted to interview him and, and give you an insight into what it looks like to approach fatherhood with intentionality. So if you are a mom listening in, be sure to share this episode with your hubby or with other fathers that you know because it's a it's going to be a great episode with Justin.
2: And I know moms as we're listening being like, "Well, maybe this is just for my husband or another father figure." But I learned so much even about the way that the male brain thinks and approaches life, and so it was really fascinating for me as well. So I hope you'll tune in for yourself too. All
1: right. Well, let's listen in. Well, Justin, thank you for being on the podcast with us.
0: So glad to be here. Thank you, guys.
1: Well, as parents, it can sometimes feel like we have unlimited time with our children. So why not say yes to another work trip or an extra meeting, especially if it means more money that we can spend on our kids later? I know I've felt that way a lot. It's like, oh, look at this extra side hustle that's come up or (laughs) this extra gig. And, you know, if we do this and we can go on that trip, but it means time away from our kids now. And you're kind of trying to bank that. So in your book, Daddy Saturday, uh, you mentioned that we really only have our kids under our roofs for a limited amount of time and then they'll leave. I like how you put it. We're with our family, but we're not with our family. So when did you first realize this, and and what did you do about it?
0: Well, I think this is something that all of us as parents struggle with, and it's it's something that we probably won't ever fully eliminate from our lives. It's kind of like tension; you can't necessarily eliminate it. You can just do your best to manage it. Mm-hmm. And I think early on, I, I came became aware of just that that feeling of tension where I was being drawn uh, between work and home. And normally, when you feel that tension and it starts to burn deep down inside, you recognize that there's something amiss here, and for me, that was early on in my career, and I started to travel a bit more, and I was leaving home and, and being gone for, for days at a time. And my wife, being an entrepreneur and a business owner herself, was playing multiple roles, and I just started to feel that strain. And I was away from my family, and and I wanted to be home with them, and yet I needed to go provide for my family and you know, and bring the bread home. And if I didn't bring the bread home, they wouldn't have bread to eat. And yeah, the yeah. common thing that everyone struggles with. And for me, it was just a, a, an understanding of what are the important buckets in my life. And for me, it's my faith, it's my family, it's my uh, friendships and my career and also um, my fitness and my health. And so those four or five buckets, some people have different buckets, but it's kind of like the wheel of life that Zig Ziglar once talked about. And what are those buckets? And so I just began to look at my life and say, okay, if it doesn't fit into those buckets and what buckets can I fit into my life right now? then I I can't say yes to it. I have to begin saying no to things and that may even involve a promotion or a career or a side hustle. And I'm, I'm an entrepreneur's entrepreneur myself. So I've got an idea a minute and a business I want to start. And my kids have (laughs) been So for me, it's, you know, it's learning to say no to things or to put it in an envelope and put it away and say, there may be a day that that comes back. That day is just not now. Mm. So for me, it's, it's faith, it's family, it's my health or my fitness and it's my career right now. I've even had to push social aside just because I don't have time for a lot of social in my life. I've got a very close group of friends, but that's really all that I have time for. And I tell people now, I just, I can't meet my current commitments um, if I say yes to certain things. And so that's how I'm able to say no. And I've been very diligent about that here, especially lately as I've um, taken on my new calling, which is to um, change the lives of 10 million fathers in the next 10 years through Daddy Saturday.
2: You said something really interesting, Justin, and I'm wondering if you can elaborate for us. Um, you're saying that you're starting to feel the strain. Now, what does that practically look like? Was that your own physical or emotional or were you starting to see it maybe in your in your wife or in your kids? Because I know um, even for me, sometimes when it's like practically speaking, I don't really understand what it means, but I can kind of feel like, uh, maybe I'm just tired. <laughs> maybe that's where our listeners are, or are. Like, I feel overwhelmed, but I don't really know why.
0: Yeah. So, so tension tends to manifest itself in different ways, and I think for for a man who is kind of like the the traveling salesman, if you will, if you want to put it in that context and have that as an image or a metaphor in your mind, um, you know, it's that tension between I'm I'm getting ready to pack my bags and leave. And that's what happened to me. And my kids are looking at me saying, Daddy, don't go. And you're saying, I don't want to go, but I have to go.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yep. So, I've said that so, before. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, you know, that's one visual. I think we've all been there. And I don't mean to stereotype that as a male. I mean, certainly a female doing the same thing could have the same circumstance. I think in the terms of you know how a, a female or a mother may experience that, it could be the same thing. It could be where, like in my yeah. wife's circumstance, there's a lot of times where she's like, Justin, I don't have any me time. So I have no time to work on me. I feel like I'm only doing stuff for the kids and the family or for her business. And so uh, there's that strain between wanting to just have some time for her to grow herself or just have some zoom out time, Mm -hmm. but knowing she's also there and has to be with the family. So I think that tension can manifest itself in different ways. Now, the point is, again, you probably won't ever be able to eliminate it, but how can you best manage it? And for me, that's through prioritization. Another uh, tip or hack I'll give the listeners that I found is extremely helpful is I calendar everything, and I've also blended my professional and my personal calendars. What I mean by that is um, I, they they share the same calendar. Anyone that that is my calendar is shared with can see it. So my colleagues, my coworkers, uh, my family members can all see my calendar, and that transparency causes me one to have accountability, but two, it also allows me to be an example to others and let them see that you know once a month I do a date night with my daughter and that is on the calendar on purpose and I don't miss it unless there's a natural disaster or an emergency and right. I better take my wife out at least twice if I'm taking my daughter out so those are on the calendar and the boys have baseball games and those are scheduled. So meetings, nothing else can creep into that space. So I think being intentional around your time, how you schedule your time can also really help manage that tension and and calendaring is one of the ways that I found to do that.
1: That's, that's interesting because Christina and I share a calendar. Uh, but I do have a work calendar that is separate. And sometimes I find that I'll have to block off time here or there on, on the work calendar because I don't want it to get in the way. It's like, I need to work from home today because Christina needs to go out. So I need to make sure that if I have meetings, it's going to be virtual meetings. And and there's just a lot of that going on. And I, I never really thought about putting them together and what that would actually Mean uh, to my coworkers and to others who have access to my calendar. To even the accountability sense of them seeing, oh, look at this.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, I even found that when I was in in the corporate world, uh, I had colleagues that started to do the same thing because they saw my example, and they would say, "Well, gosh, I never thought to put my kids' ball games on my calendar, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, now I do that, and I block off at four thirty to five. Like I have to leave the office at four thirty, so no more late day meetings." Because I have to be there for their ball game, and in fact, I even had an executive um, recently write me through LinkedIn and say that you know he was number one in the boardroom and in the in the office, but he was number two at home, and he wanted to change that. And he mm. sent me a really sweet message and said, "Look, um, because of your influence, I ended up putting it on the calendar, and I ended up not going and doing the normal red eye I would do and travel to be at my location for my meeting the next day. I stayed home." I was at my son's final game of the year it's a moment that I would have never wanted to miss and I was there and I got up at the crack of dawn got 4 hours of sleep and made it to my meeting the next day but he achieved both and yeah, yeah. it's a memory and a moment now that that he will treasure forever and it was all because of scheduling it's mm-hmm. good.
2: I love that. I love the intentionality that you were talking about, Justin. Another thing that I love that you were separating, um, because we know males and females are different and moms and dads think differently. And you were talking about that. There was this point in this book where I was like, I don't understand really what this is, probably because I'm not a male. But you said deep down in our hearts, all men are born to be a wild man. And it's what feeds our soul. Honestly, I read that and I was like, are all guys like don't want to shave and eat like keto? <laughs> like, is that what we're saying? So Only if, raw <laughs> meat. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, um, that does really nothing for me. So if you can explain to me and also our listeners, what did you mean by that? And what's the significance of it?
0: Oh, that's great. No, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, many of the listeners or you guys may be familiar with um, John Eldridge and he wrote a great book called Wild at Heart many years ago. Oh, and So good. And I think it's a play off of that, right? That innately deep down, Um, As a male, we've got this innate desire to be to be free, to be in the wild, and to be a hunter gatherer, to protect, to provide, Um, and and that also comes with a lot of energy and probably a lot of passion. And um, we have a a daughter who's eleven, then we have three boys in a row: nine, seven, and five. So I can you know full on every day relate to the wild man mentality because we've got three young boys running around the house, and my wife would tell you the image that this would provide for her is. Probably first thing in the morning when they come tearing out of their rooms and it's they've just woken up yet they're full of energy and typically they're in their their tidy, tidy, whitey superhero underwear. <laughs> out of yep. house. Um, that is the image to me of a wild man. Right. Um, and so I think that just the way that you you deal with with men and with boys is different. There's been a lot of books that have been written about this over time. But to me, it just takes that, that nature that um, the way you address a boy and the way you address a girl are, are different because they are different. There's different um, chemistry. they're different um, neurochemistry or neuroscience. Their, their brains are wired differently. They have different um, emotions, different hormones. I mean, there's a lot of things, right, that are different about the male and the female as individuals. And so you need to address them differently. So for me, the context of a wild man is just to say that the way we approach our sons, the way we approach our daughters needs to be a bit different. Um, And that's just my fun way of uh, depicting the boys in my household. And I'm sure the boys in most households, the people that have young boys.
1: So let's let's talk about around the dinner table or you're going out to the park or, you know, just kind of an everyday sort of day. How would you then approach your sons differently than your daughter in light of this?
0: Yeah, so it's it's something that that I'm challenged with every single Saturday when we when we do the Daddy Saturday because what mm. I found is that it's it's having three boys and being a, a male myself and we're very athletic as a family. It just it gravitates towards those kind of activities. Um, so sometimes my daughter Hayden Olivia, I can see where she could or does feel left out. So one thing I've tried to do just is be intentional and involve her. So say Hayden, you know what would you like to do? So at least at least one of the Saturdays a month she gets to plan. And I tell him like, look, it can't be painting nails and doing all that stuff, (laughs) everybody, but um, you know, she gets in, she gets to have some influence in that. So it's what would she like to do? What meets her needs? What do I know about her specifically? I think the other thing that we do a lot is really also focus on her, um, her innate desire to fulfill her passion, which is dance. And so, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time studying my daughter. I've spent a lot of time understanding what makes her tick. And when she says, Dad, when I dance, I feel alive. then that makes me come alive. So anything I can do to foster that is something that I focus on with her. So we spend a lot of time doing activities that revolve around dance because that's her passion.
1: Okay. Okay. I love that. So in, in the book, you advise us dads to be more like Yoda and less like Luke Skywalker. So can you explain this? Because... To be honest, I like being the hero of my children, you know, just full, you know, <laughs> full on transparency there. And I don't really like letting them fall because I want to be the hero. So what changes in our children and in the relationship that that we have with our children when we act as the guide rather than as the hero?
0: So this is such an important point. I'm glad you, you prefaced it the way that you did because it is the innate desire of every dad to be their kid's hero. Yeah. We all want to wear a t-shirt. We all want to save them, rescue them. It is part of who we are. But what I would say is that you already are your kid's hero, and you always will be. And if you fulfill wow. that role for them, you rob them of the right to become the hero of their own story. And huh. why that's important is because when you look at specifically, let's look at the millennial generation. Um, you know, you heard the term "snowplow parents" or "helicopter parents," and there's a lot of parents that in that generation. Right or wrong, it was their parenting style. And the only disadvantage of that style is that in often cases, they didn't allow their kids to fail when they were young by putting them in situations where they could fail, but fail forward and learn from that and grow from that and experience failure in a positive way so that when they got into adulthood, they knew how to handle that. And now, what we're seeing and what I've seen in working with a lot of millennials is that, and millennial fathers in particular, that they never experienced failure in their youth, And so now they get into adulthood and failure at 28 is a whole lot different than failure at eight. And oh, now they'd have no coping mechanisms or ways to deal with that failure. And so it can be catastrophic. There's a lot of really negative consequences that come from that. So, you know, we're talking about letting your ch- children experience minor failures or micro failures, as I call them. And, and they also get to achieve success in equal balance. And so By doing that and serving as a guide, you allow your children to experience both, to grow from that and help them move forward from it so they they know how to experience both. Um, You know, the the other side of that is when you try to be the hero of your kid's story, a lot of times that also robs your kids the right from learning from other people that may be more gifted in areas that you're not. Mm, I I talk about in the book, I am like the least handy person possible. My wife says I can barely hang a picture on the wall. I grew up throwing curveballs and throwing footballs, right? So I know how to do those things. I'm not a handyman. And so I don't know how to teach my kids lessons around carpentry, for example. But there's lots mm. of men that are great at that. And so by not being the hero, instead of being the guide, I've gone out and sourced those other men or fathers who are great at that, brought them into my kid's life. And now my kids are benefiting from that and learning those skills. Oh, and it's all okay. because I've been wanting to take a step back and be the guide rather than the hero.
1: I really like that practical example there.
2: And you're saying something really interesting, Justin, as you've worked with millennial dads and realizing that a lot of them don't know how to fail. So how are you encouraging them to create moments even in their own lives where they can fail and fail forward? I know even for myself, as I'm learning more about myself, like I, I hated failure and so I stepped away from that. And as I'm growing in motherhood and just in my own self, um it's not like I want to find areas to, to fail in. So coming from a male and and knowing all that, like how, how would you encourage fathers to find ways to practice failing so in that they're able to help their kids learn to fail as well?
0: Yeah, so I think in general, all of us have a fear of failure. It's probably built in and it's been ingrained within us from our parents and our parents' parents. And it's just something that's passed down. And, and what I've learned in my own life is that I've overcome the fear of failure and recognized that the only reason that failure is is truly a failure is if you just give up and stop trying. Um, that's when it only becomes a failure. And mm. I've started to learn more from my failures in life than I ever have from my successes. Because when you succeed, you just tend to move on. Um, mm. You know, the proper thing to do would be to give credit to God in that circumstance. But, right. you know, oftentimes we may, we may do that or we may not do that. And we just kind of move on. But when you fail causes you to focus internally and start to examine and say, what caused this? Why did I fall short? And when you start to do that, then it allows you to have a process in place that can help you that the next time you experience it, you don't make the same mistake or fall into the same trap that caused you to have that outcome the first time. And I'll give you an example. So I do um, Spartan races. They're obstacle course races. In fact, I've got one tomorrow that I'm doing and um, these Spartan races, they the one I'm doing tomorrow is 14 miles through mud and water and barbed wire oh, and wow. 35 obstacles. It's crazy. But yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> sounds horrible. It's not, <laughs> right? But, and most people would say it sounds horrible. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. What, it, what it's taught me though is that to train for that, to be able to go through that and to push myself just to accomplish it is a feat in and of itself. And mm-hmm. I have accomplished them. I've done them before. So I, I lifted a lid of my life. So I didn't fail in that capacity. But then I started to set a time for myself. Then I started to set a goal for myself. And guess what? I fell short. I didn't place where I wanted to. So I had to look back and say, okay, did I train hard enough? Did I train the right way? Did I eat the right things? Like, what did I do that caused me to fall short? And now by examining that, I was able to go back and fix some of those areas. And now we'll see tomorrow that if that works. But right. it's that examination. So I think it's anything. And for a father or a mother irrespective, you know, think about this in terms of dealing with your kids. There have been plenty of times where I have overreacted instead of responding. And Mm -hmm. that can be a micro failure in that moment. And you start to get to the point where you're sick and tired of responding, you're reacting to your kids that way. And you say to yourself, like, okay, this has to stop, like, either they've got to change, or I've got to change, because this just isn't good. Um, And that's even a small process where you can look back and say, okay, what's causing that? Like, why why am I getting so upset? And why am I triggered and reacting to my kids in that way? And oftentimes for myself, it's because I found that I'm placing values on my kids that they just don't have yet. Like I'm expecting mm, them to be responsible so and accountable and have self control. And I'm like, he's five. He doesn't have any of those yet. <laughs> right. yeah, I'm expecting him to, like I do. Yeah, and I'm like, right. I don't even have those. Mm-hmm. And I'm 38. So. Um, you know, that's a big part of it, too, I think, is just examining. And that's what I love about failure. I've come to love about failure is that self-examination and the ability to move forward from it.
1: The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as merle and pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped gomez family out of babyland a bible themed amusement park with talking animals young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10 year old michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship read all 12 dead sea squirrels books available wherever books are sold
2: No, that's great. And I love how we're in even in our own podcast, as we're talking today, it's like, yeah, we are encouraging failure, because it is good for us. And it does uh, grow grit in us as well. Now talking about the other side, I guess, so we're we're talking about failure, but also you're talking about the Spartan race and all of these things. And you're talking in your book as well as epic moments. So Justin, it really sounds like you know how to create epic moments, whether for yourself or your family. Uh, When I think epic, I think like we just took our our kids to New York and that was epic moments because we they had a bucket list and we you know crossed all that off or Disneyland or whatnot Uh, but those really get expensive. Yeah they do. (laughs) So in terms of epic moments uh, can you give us some examples of things that you've done even on your daddy's Saturdays with your kids uh, that are cost effective?
0: Yeah so so let me define epic for you because this was a, a common um, trap that I fell into myself is I felt that Epic had to be extraordinary or extravagant or expensive. Mm. And what I found is that Epic is absolutely the complete opposite of all of that. Um, what I found is that if you are intentional, if you have a plan, um, even the best laid plans will fail, but oftentimes even in those failures, when maybe a daddy Saturday or a plan that we had, didn't go the right way, we pivoted and ended up having an Epic moment. And it was Epic because Mm. it just came together because we were together so part of epic is it doesn't have to be extraordinary, extravagant or expensive. So let me just qualify that first and foremost. And then secondly, I would say that um, the thing that I also, you know, as adults, I think we so quickly forget about what it's like to be a kid. And as I started to go back to my childhood and think about, okay, what was epic in my childhood to me? Um, it wasn't the big trips. Like I remember the big trips. I remember mm-hmm. going to Disney for the first time and the second time and the third time. But, like, it, Disney was big, but it wasn't necessarily epic. What was epic were some of the moments that my dad spent with me and pitching uh, batting practice to me and me hitting my first home run. Like, mm. that was epic. And it was just my dad and a bucket of balls and a bat on a field. It didn't cost any money. It was just our time right. and being together. Like, that's epic. For me and Daddy Saturday, some of our most epic moments have come from we've been, we have a trampoline, and on the trampoline we're exhausted we're just laying down looking up at the at the clouds just talking and and tickling each other and just laughing like those moments are epic and i know i'll remember those forever and i think the other thing is um, around intentionality you don't think epic moments also don't have to wait for saturdays epic can be anything you can make anything epic and it's all about how you present it and so you know everything's bigger when you're a kid so when my kids come out in the morning the um, first thing I do when I greet my kids is I'm like over the moon excited to see. them. I'm like, hey, buddy. Hey, sweetheart. How was your sleep? I call my daughter, Lovey Cat. Hey, Lovey Cat. How was how was, my arms are up in the air? I'm excited. My mm. voice is raised like I'm the first thing they see is their dad when I'm home in the morning. And they're like, what is wrong with you? But I'm excited <laughs> to see them at bed at night. We have a routine and a ritual we go through every single night. I tell them stories. Then I put my hand over their heart. I learned this from Andy Andrews great author and I, I lay my hand on their hearts and i say is there anything you need to forgive anybody for is there anything anybody needs to forgive you for is there anything you want mm. to tell me is there anything you'd like to tell god and we do that every single night before bed so it's oh, cool the beginning of their day and the end of their day it's it's always the same and you know it, it, some people may hear that and be like how is that epic i'll tell you it's epic because my kids won't ever forget those two things and at that's the right. end of the day when we come back together that's what they'll remember
1: I love that. No, Justin, uh, with this coming out, especially for our listeners who are listening to this on the on the heels of Father's Day, uh, you wrote a book called Daddy Saturday, and I know for all the moms listening, if you're looking for a present to give to your husband, this is going to be a great book uh, to give because you're going to hear the story of how Daddy Saturday came about. Justin, you're a great author. I loved the. I mean, it was such a uh, it was a fun read and it was an easy read because you just communicated so well. But but one of the things that I love most about your book is for those who, who get it, you also offer them this playbook where you give them 52 epic ideas uh, to engage with your kids on Saturdays.
2: I love that. One <laughs> for each week, right? So, yeah. Justin,
1: can you give us, uh, our listeners, an example of some of those ideas that you've developed, those epic ideas on those Saturdays?
0: Sure. So, I've taken many of them from ideas that we've implemented in our own home, and then I also blended a few new ideas in there, and 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 just to give you kind of a depiction. So, you remember that show, Tim the Toolman Taylor? Um, oh, yeah. Yes. You know how he would like make, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> make it better than it was.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Give the idea, and then we say, if you'd like to make it epic, then here's what you can do. So every idea has its own its own little category, and then we we say, here's how you make it epic. Right. Take it to the next level. So we put a little bit of Tim the Toolman Taylor in there just for fun. But um, what, what I would say, too, is uh, that's the low-tech version. We also have a high-tech version um, coming out, and it's an Alexa skill that'll have the same 52 ideas, and then we'll add new ones in. They'll be in a rotation. So you can literally say, hey, Alexa, what should we do with our kids on Saturday, or what should we do on Saturday? And she'll say, well, it's going to be 85 and sunny in Nashville. Why don't you have a water balloon fight? Would you like me to place those in your shopping cart?
1: No joke. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And then, and then that'll show up at your door. And then the the app has all the instructions for how you then execute the idea. No so way.
1: that's awesome. Yeah.
0: The playbooks, the low tech and then the um, Alexa skill will be the high tech. So I'm trying to make it as easy as on dads as possible to say, look, here's the idea. Right. You take it. You make it your own. You make it even better. I'll even help you source all the products just to make it super simple. But you know the whole goal is that we have dads all over the country and all over the world posting pictures on Saturdays of them doing whatever the, the activity is that Saturday and you're just engaging and being intentional. Um, a couple of ideas you asked about. So um, a couple of my favorites, uh, we just did one recently for the Kentucky Derby. We did a noodle horse uh, build and race. So we took pool noodles. And took those giant googly eyes and yarn for hair and duct tape pool noodles together and made these gigantic pool noodle horses. We created starting line, finish line, the course, lined all the kids up. A bunch of kids in the neighborhood came over. The dads were involved in helping build the horses. It was hilarious just watching them build them. And then oh, yeah, the race was even more priceless. I mean, kids were falling all over each other. Some kids ran. Some kids acted like they were riding a horse. Um, we delivered, you know, first place, best in show best uh dressed I mean it was it was just amazing so that That's is one idea. idea yeah um, another favorite one is the bubble wrap battle so you um you would source the giant rolls of bubble wrap and we have different colors even that we provided through the playbook or through the app and the uh the kids get wrapped in bubble wrap and like tumo <laughs> suits and then you can also build jousting sticks and swords and different things for them to engage with so They're completely safe because they're wrapped in bubble wrap and they get to travel and fight and just have a blast. And if you have a trampoline, it's even better on that. It is one of the funniest (laughs) things you'll ever witness. And especially for the young kids, at least mine, I overwrapped them. So when they would fall down, they were like a turtle. They couldn't get off their back and I had to go pick them up. So there's all sorts of ideas, obstacle courses, racetracks, you name it. It's all in there. And I look forward to having other fathers help contribute and mothers um, to new ideas so we can keep it fresh and relevant
2: awesome and when is that alexa skills um coming out
0: should be out within the month so we'll have it out by the end of june
2: okay
1: love it love it so Justin, as we come to the end of our interview, I'm going to read a quote from the book and I'd love for you to just give some advice for all the dads listening in today and and for all the moms listening in, uh, be sure to share this episode with your husband or other dads that you know because uh, this content has just been incredible. So just, Justin, in, in the book, you write this, I don't leave much to chance because I only have one chance to be an intentional dad. I only have one chance to be successful at parenting it's the most important thing in my life and I want to encourage other dads to make it the most important thing in their lives too sometimes all it takes is a little bit of perspective and insight to be able to put it in place so to all the dads listening in today what advice would you want to give them?
0: yeah thank you for reading that and and you know this is this is really personal for me because I feel like there's a lot of dads out there and I hear from dads all the time that are in different places and different spectrum spectrums on the continuum of fatherhood. And a lot of those dads may be looking at it saying, well, I've messed up in the past. I've made mistakes. I don't think my kids would want me to engage them in this way. Or you may be a dad that's sitting there saying, I'm a new dad. I don't have a playbook. And I have no idea how to even begin to approach my kids. Or maybe you're a father whose kids are, are, are older or grown and you feel like you've lost the time or the ability to make that impact and what I would say is it's never too late to start being intentional with your kids I don't care if they're a brand newborn baby or your kids are grown and older um, you still have the opportunity to be intentional and engage them all it takes is a small first step and that small first step can be thinking about your children what would be meaningful and impactful to them what is something they care about what is something they love doing it can be as small as taking a walk in the park or spending time together going for a bike ride or watching a sunset Um, it, it all it takes is you being intentional. And intentionality, I would also say doesn't just apply to fathers, it applies to mothers as well. So that's the principle. And if you can gain that one thing, it'll change your life, it'll change your marriage, it'll change your role as a parent. And we'll have a whole bunch of intentional parents out there that we can all work towards ending fatherlessness together.
1: Fantastic. Well, thanks, Justin, so much for being on the podcast with us. Justin Batt is the author of Daddy Saturday. Justin, where's the best way for or, or the best place for people to connect with you and also pick up the book?
0: So you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Justin Batt. You can find Daddy Saturday at DaddySaturday.com or on Instagram at Daddy Saturday, YouTube, the Daddy Saturday channel and Facebook at the Daddy Saturday. And the book is on Amazon. And right now, through the end of the weekend, listeners can get the Kindle version for 99 cents, Ooh. the publisher's kind of offer a promo. And the is out and the paperback will be released here in the next couple of weeks as well.
2: Awesome. And Justin, you quickly mentioned before we pressed record that you are about to drop a podcast. What's that going to be about? So it
0: will be the Daddy Saturday podcast, and I'll be interviewing <laughs> other fathers. And we will be focusing on... Um, Tips and tools and practical advice that other fathers have. And I, I call it R and D. So I'll be doing a bunch of rip off and deploy. So I'll be picking these <laughs> great fathers who have great ideas. I'll be standing uh, in my own it. family and helping other fathers do the same for theirs.
1: Love it. Love it. Thanks, Justin.
0: Thank you guys.
1: I so enjoyed how Justin was just sharing his heart. I mean, he shared it all in and through his book, but in and through the podcast, just having the conversation with him and hearing his passion for fathers and the way he just really wants to, his priorities in life as well.
2: Yes, because um, if you will link his TEDx talk as well, but he's talking about how to solve the issue of a fatherless generation, yes. whether that means that children are growing up without a father in their home or even fathers who are just really busy and just don't have time, quote unquote, to spend time with their kids in an intentional way. So I think it was just really life-giving. Daniel, did you walk away feeling like burdened or did you feel like empowered?
1: Well, When I started the book, I was like doing something every Saturday. (laughs) (sighs) Like I want to go play golf, and it's not like I go golf multiple. I mean, it's just like a few times a year that I go. I was like, but I. or we need to do home projects or we need to do this but when I read through the book and and saw the the 52 ideas in his guide his playbook I was like actually I could do a lot of this and if it fails just go get ice cream like he says no literally (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so even as he was talking I was like okay this is interesting because as a father I'm thinking how do I create epic moments for my kids but It's not really a matter of whether I think they're epic. It's a matter of whether they think they're epic. Yes. So even as I was thinking about, hey, what was an epic moment that I had with my dad growing up? And it was literally sitting on the front steps of our house, eating honey roasted peanuts that came in the mail because my parents never bought honey roasted (laughs) peanuts. If it was ever peanuts, it was the ones you had to shell yourself.
2: Yeah, because it's cheaper.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, But the honey roasted peanuts and, you know, has a lot of sugar and all that stuff. But we had a pack. Those small sampler packs came in the mail. And my dad was home that Saturday. And I don't don't even... It probably wasn't even Saturday because it was mail. In Canada, mail doesn't come on Saturday. (laughs) So it was someday, probably in the summer. We were sitting on the front steps. The sun was coming out. And we were just... I don't even know what we talked about. But that literally is one of the most epic moments I had with my dad because it was just me and him on the front steps just hanging out with each other.
2: Oh, that's so sweet.
1: <laughs> but it was epic for me. Yes. Right? It. W- he probably doesn't even remember that. Right. Because he was just like, "Oh, uh, what should we do? You're <laughs> listening to <laughs> peanuts. <Yeah>. Here's <laughs> breakfast, right? I don't know.
2: <laughs> True. Yes, I love that perspective yeah. change. So, and just so, the fact yeah. that y'all are spending time together yeah
1: so that's really what it is we hope that this episode has encouraged you to spend more time and as moms uh, for moms listening in it's not just dads go and spend time with the kids but for you as well what does it look like for you especially if you're a stay at home mom or a mom that is with your kids all the time what does it look like for you to create epic moments with your kids as well not just in and throughout the day i mean even for us times where Christina you'd be at home all day and I would be with the kids and you would go out Mm -hmm. at night I was like yeah please go out because when you come back I mean you I'm refreshed I have more
2: energy I'm smiling again yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and the kids are like oh mommy we missed you or or even on a Saturday if you were to go and come back and we were to then to do something fun together right it really does create those moments so we'd encourage you to to, whether you're a mom or a dad to definitely check out this book and to create epic moments with your kids.
2: Right. So all links will be in our show notes, which is org slash episode 67.
1: Yeah. So next week on episode 68, we're going to be talking about why your kids need to be bored this summer, why they need to be bored and what that means. <laughs> it's going to be a great episode. Yeah. So
0: be sure to tune in and we will catch you next time.